Hi, and welcome to the Universal Voices podcast mini-series. I'm your host, Alisa Molina. Join me for 12 weeks as I share the depth of wisdom, faith, and goodness found in our little corner of this big, beautiful church family of ours. Let's jump in. Okay, y'all, here we are. I don't know how this went as quickly as it did. We are to episode 12, the final episode of this project. And um, I thought I'd just do like a little send off, a little thank you, a little um, kind of processing of, of kind of what this has meant to me. Early on in the process, it became clear to me that I wanted each episode to do one of two things or perhaps both in different parts of each episode. And that was, I wanted each episode to console or to convict. Really, those are, those are the things that I find most often and most profoundly in, in my own faith life. Those, those two things being consoled or being convicted, those are the two things that kind of keep me hanging on, keep me moving Beyond just the initial reasoning behind wanting to do this project, you know, that initial push of mine that was like, you know, I'm sad. I'm sad that I don't see a lot of myself reflected in Catholic media. And I want to be a part of what it looks like to reflect back to folks the vastness and the, and, just how wide and big and beautiful the church is and how universal she really is. Even in the United States, the church is universal. That was like the initial thing, right? It was like, I want to help widen. There are people out there that are widening what is reflected out into the world when it comes to who the Catholic church is. And I want like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what I long to see. And so that's where, that's where it started. And then the more I talked to people, the more I understood that it, it was just totally needed and necessary to have different kinds of voices to learn from, right? So like if you take, for example, Elise that came in to talk about the care for creation, right? Or uh, Udochi who came and talked about the black Catholic community. Like these are conversations that like we just ain't having all that much, right? At least not in the wider a wider scope of it. And so the more I had these conversations, the more I realized how necessary these conversations are, how beautiful these conversations are, how life-giving they are, but also how convicting and consoling these conversations are, how we can convict each other and we can console each other. And those are the two things really that help us to keep going. And so I wanted to take just a few minutes on this last episode to talk to you about my heart after all of this that has been kind of re-energized and refocused into this idea that Christian discipleship, like what we are called to do 
First, let me just say, we live by a separate set of rules. Like if you are a Catholic Christian, we live by a separate set of rules than the culture at large. I think part of what is happening is we want to be Christian and we want to be Catholic. And we go through the motions of, of, of that. And yet we, we identify ourselves a lot of times primarily with the culture and what's going on. And we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to look different. We don't want to be different than what is out there, but that, that, that's an, it's impossible. It's an impossibility to be a Christian disciple and to not ruffle the feathers of the status quo because the status quo is really not what what we're about. There's there's a cost to living the way that Jesus asks us to live. There's a cost to living the way the church asks us to live. And if at the end of the day, our Christian discipleship doesn't cost us anything, is not continuously making us uncomfortable, is not continuously forcing us to really think and reckon with what we believe, why we believe it, and how we're living out what we believe, then um, that's a really comfortable Christianity. And there was nothing about Jesus's life that should make us think that following him is easy. It's not. And I've looked back kind of on this last project and on just my evolution as a believer and as a Catholic and, I think that one of the things that marks both the evolution of this project and the evolution of my Christianity is this notion that there is always work to be done. There is always a daily opportunity to live out our Christian discipleship and it requires us to put the things that were important to Jesus at the very top of what's important to us and then to act accordingly. And the rough part about this is that what the world will ask of us is to prioritize things that lead to our comfort. We're being asked to prioritize money, status, the esteem of others. We're being asked to prioritize our allegiance to uh, partisanship. Like we're being asked to prioritize being a Republican or a Democrat. That's what we're being asked to prioritize. One of my friends, Lindsay, who I do the other podcast with, she's just like, there's nothing wrong with politics. Politics is how we make decisions as a society. There's something wrong with partisanship, right? When we begin to worship our political parties, that that becomes a problem, right? And so 
every single day, we are going to be asked to make decisions about where we put our money, where we put our energy, the things that are valuable to us, the relationships that are valuable to us. Every single day, these are going to be the choices that we're asked to make. And the folks that I had on here, they just gave us pieces of their hearts, what drives them in relationship to their own understanding of what Jesus is asking them to do on the planet. So for Raquel, you know, like what does motherhood look like as a Christian disciple? Thinking about Junior, you know, what does showing up for this family in our house, what does that look like as a Christian disciple? What does he prioritize in that way? And so I think for everybody on here, like I probably, I asked those questions like, what makes you you? And what do you bring to the church? And what does the church bring you? I probably could have asked, what does it cost? I could have added that question. What does Christian discipleship cost you? Because it it does, it will. Jesus was never a popular guy around the people that had power. Never, not for one minute was he popular around the powerful. But the lowly knew him, you know what I mean? And so do the lowly know us? Are we the lowly? You know, it's just, it's this constant question because if we are Christian disciples, then our end game is different. If our identity is first rooted in our Christian discipleship, then our mission in life looks completely different than a lot of people. Now, that doesn't mean that we separate ourselves from the world. It's actually the complete opposite. But our mission requires us to return frequently to the well, to drink from the sacraments, to drink from the well that is confession and getting rid of all of our sins and Eucharist spiritually being fed by the Eucharist. All those things, a deep and committed prayer life, because ultimately prayer is just relationship, right? These are the things that a community, right? Like I cannot be, this is me talking, Alisa. I, Alisa, cannot function. I cannot continue on the mission that I feel like God has called, has said, Alisa, I love you and I need you to continue this mission in my church. I cannot continue on that mission, me personally, without a Catholic community. That means that I have to have people, friends in my life that get me, that I can call and be like, this is, I'm struggling with this and they are Catholic. And so they can give me a perspective within my faith to continue so that I can continue on so that I can be convicted so that I can be consoled in my language, right? In the language of my Catholicity, we drink deeply from the well each week so that we can go out so that we can go out. You know, Jesus taught in the temple. Jesus went out in the boat. He went off to the mountain, but then, but then He spent his entire life in 
relationship with people. He just loved people or how Father Greg Boyle says of homeboy industries and like sidebar here, if you haven't read Tattoos on the Heart, like go now, do it, run. It's like my number one spiritual reading. Um, He says, you know what? Just go out and and check and see how people are doing. Like if we stop and we just stop with our like agendas and whatever it is that we think that we have to do and really just care about how people are doing. Um, and, I, and I think that to care about how people are doing kind of cuts through the BS, right? And cuts through the small talk and the small chatter and gets to the heart of things, like really care about how people are doing. That's, that's ultimately, that's ultimately what Jesus did. So again, this isn't a thing where, where to advance the mission of Jesus Christ to proclaim the kingdom of God to everybody, to the ends of the world. I don't think that that means we can. In fact, I know it means that we cannot hang out in our Catholic bubbles. We can't. By nature of our baptism, we have to be out. If we're listening for one second in mass, if we're listening for the for the last second of the mass, it's like the deacon's like, go. <laughs> like, go. Share the good news. Go. You know what I mean? So, and so does this mean that we, and so we are not called to drink from the well and then remain there, take a load off, sit down, stay, and not venture out. That is that is not going to bring the love of God beyond the physical church walls. You know what I mean? Like the other day, my daughter was in a soccer tournament and my husband is a coach. He always, when the game is over, he'll always be like, okay, what'd you see? And I said, you know, I need you to tell those girls if they don't shoot, there's no way to score. It's an impossibility. If they don't, they're, they're doing a lot of like, uh, passing and hanging out around their goal. But if they don't take a shot, even with all the barriers and all the defense that's being played, if they don't take a shot, ain't nothing going to go in. And I feel like that is an analogy for this right now is if we don't take our shot out in the world, if we don't, if we don't spend time out in the world, bringing the love of God, bringing the light of Christ, bringing the mercy, if we don't invite people in, then who, if we don't invite people to the love of God, then who? Then who? If we don't take that shot, then who? There's no chance then. And so I think it's critical. I think it's critical that we understand that it's a daily thing. This is a daily thing. And not only that we understand that it's a daily thing, but that it is the thing. It is our thing because every single thing that people say is important will pass away except for this. And that leads me to my reward part, right? I want to share with you that two days ago on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we lost my grandmother. She turned 94 a week before 
And anybody who has lost somebody will tell you that it recenters things, even if it is uh, expected, even if it comes at the end of a long life, it recenters things. And I wrote, I wrote, the way that I process things is I write. And I wrote, I came home and my mom and my uncles have been taking care of her and, and, and my grandfather here in Austin. They, they've been the, the caregivers, the primary caregivers. And let me tell you, there is nothing like watching people be 24-hour caregivers. Um, there's nothing like it. To watch the love that has been poured out on my grandparents is, has changed me. Anyway, but one of the things I processed was how close, how close I came to that veil between heaven and earth, the very thin veil in watching my grandmother leave here and go there. And it just kind of resets you for a second and you think, you know what, (laughs) There is a crap load of things that at the end of the day don't matter because they are temporal. They're going to fade away. When we are in heaven, in the actual presence of God, of what that, we can't even begin to fathom what that is going to be like. And that's our reward. And so any other reward that we could get here pales in comparison. There is, there's absolutely nothing that can come close to the reward in heaven, but we, we get bogged down and as of late, and this is true for me, we get discouraged and we inch towards despair because we look around and we're like, dang, things be messed up around here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of sickness, spiritual and mental and physical And it's hard. It's hard. Not only is it's hard just to get by a day like normally, right? Like just to to get through a day, especially in the land of COVID. But like to put on top of that, hey, like I'm supposed to center above all else this relationship with God and his call to be a part of his mission here on earth to making his kingdom come. Like that sounds exhausting and it and it sounds too much. But in the crazy thing that is belonging to Christ, he's the source of how we get through this and he's also the summit of where we're going. And so at the end of this project, I just want you guys to know how crazy this is for me to have been able to literally make this my job because of you for 12 weeks. And as of the recording of this podcast, I have absolutely, I have absolutely no idea what's next. None. Zero. But you know, he's next. He's next. And every day I get closer and closer to being like, he's enough. You know, my grandmother and my tia's And my tios, there was something so simple about their faith. Like, God's enough. Yeah, things are hard. But he's enough for me. And and that's 
Like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I really don't. But I know, I know that I want to do what he wants me to do next. And this is what, this is what Universal Voices did. I was like, hey, like I did these I did these sessions and I just wanted to be like, I wanted to be real in these summer sessions and be like, dang, this is hard. Let's help each other. Let's help each other. And so that was what I did for three months. And then I came to like, man, talking with people is amazing. You have so many people that I can learn from and they're all so different. I want to help people see that. And so then I did that, (laughs) you know, and it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Talking, I always thought was one of my deficits. It's things that it was something I got in trouble for when I was in school. It was, um, my, my loud voice was always something that people told me to pipe down with. And who knew, (laughs) who knew that like we're 12 weeks and then over on the upside down podcast, like that's like what I'm doing, you know? And, I got, during this time, I got asked to be a part of the Femme Catholic Conference, which was more talking. Last night, my friend said, hey, come and talk to my teenagers. And another priest friend asked me to come and talk to his RCIA tomorrow night, right? Like, so who would have thought something that I thought was a deficit? So think about it, friends out there that is that are listening. The thing that makes you you, God made you that on purpose. And that's why we grow in virtue because virtue is just a firm habit of doing good, right? And so the things that we, so talking, right? This is just as an example, talking. I had to learn how to not always talk. I had to learn how to listen. So do our, do our gifts and our talents and the ways that we're made and our passions, do they have to be formed Yes, I'm constantly forming. I'm constantly trying to decide what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. Whereas 20 years ago, I just said whatever came to my mind. And that was terrible. It was as bad as you think it was. So all of this to say, guys, thank you. I I thank you. I I took what the I took your backing of this project and I was so involved and invested in making this be something that was that was worth because ultimately you guys all paid for this before even an episode made it to iTunes or Spotify so you you gave me your belief before I even started and so that in and of itself made me want to edit and stay up late and make sure that it was out every Tuesday and that the graphics were right. And that I was promoting, you know, and that I didn't take one cent more than our family needed. And that I put the rest of it to kind of pay it forward for these, you know, small Catholic businesses to get some love. I tried very much to honor the gift of your hard earned money. And so I just ask that you continue to pray for me. And I, you know, I don't think, you know, I have a couple of things that I'm thinking about kind of like what happened at the end of the summer. I have a couple things that I'm thinking about. And so I'm going to take them to like some major discernment now that I'm, you know, I'm going to get some time off, which is crazy. <laughs> I, You guys are like, gave me paid time off. So thanks for the, thanks for the PTO, you guys. Mad love for that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just, I thank you for this. This has been 
this has been great. Thank you for those of you, like you guys have tech, you know, people have texted or have left messages like, I really like this episode. I needed this or this, like this made me think or whatever like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so I think I'm going to leave the episodes up uh, for a couple of months. I don't really think I'm going to pay for like to keep them up forever and ever, but like, you know, go through them. Um, We got, I got, there were plenty of downloads. Like, you know, it's wild. The podcast market right now is super like saturated because anybody who is a speaker can't go speak. So now they have podcasts. So, you know, I thought, you know, if I had 10 people listening, that would be amazing. And it just, it was, it was good. It was successful in my, in my, in my, in my hopes, it was, it was so successful. And so I want to leave you today with uh, a prayer. This is the prayer that I prayed with every guest before we got on. And I want to pray it for you because I feel like it is, it's for all of us. And of course, it was a reading for uh, God Death Day Sunday, for Joyful Sunday yesterday. So, you know, Jesus in the way that he is always like, stick with me, kid, and I got your back. Like, honestly, the more I seek him out, the more he shows himself to me. So, um So yeah, so this is going to come from Isaiah 61, and I want this to be our ending. Uh, Thanks, you guys. Uh, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you soon. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the afflicted, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God, to comfort all who mourn, to place on those who mourn in Zion a diadem instead of ashes to give them oil of gladness instead of mourning, a glorious mantle instead of a faint spirit. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you bless anybody who is listening to this right now, that you remind them of their call to go out and comfort a hurting world, to go out and to seek justice for the afflicted, to right the wrongs, to show mercy, to drink from the well that is you, to go out, to remember the reward of seeing your face. I ask that you hug my grandmother for me, for whom this episode is in honor of. In your name we pray, amen.